Sports Business Journal's SBJ Presents podcast, featuring industry experts, insight, and perspective on the issues impacting the business of sports. In this episode, sponsored by Univision, we'll discuss why football is king, the power of Hispanic fans, and the world's most beautiful game. Joining us, Olak Lowenstein, President of Sports Content, and Andrew Golding, Vice President of Network Sales Research at Univision. And gentlemen, thanks to both of you for joining us. Before we get started, maybe tell us a little bit about your roles and what you do at Univision. And Oleg, let's start with you. Hey, how are you? Nice to be with you. I've been at Univision for the past 10 years. Started uh, 10 years ago launching the sports network that today is TUDN. Uh, currently, I'm the president of Content for Sports and super excited to create more than 8,000 hours of content for both Mexico and the U.S., mostly focused in soccer. So big soccer fan. Bayern Munich is my team. All right. Thanks, Oleg. And Andrew, how about you? Brian, I'm a longtime listener of the program. First time as a guest. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Like Oleg, around a decade at Univision Sports, I'm in research. Univision Sports Research is the best job in the world. No cap. Pure fact. It's a thrill. Got so much going on. Just coming off a fantastic summer of soccer and a lot more ahead. Well, it's no surprise that as the Hispanic population in this country grows, the popularity of soccer and Spanish language media consumption grows along with it. The question is no longer if football or soccer will make it in the U.S. The question now is how big will it become? Based on your experience, can you talk to us about what you've seen so far? So maybe I'll start and I can give some context and maybe Andrew, as always, will complement my thoughts with numbers. I would separate the soccer football in two places when we're talking about growth, participation and then consumption. I think we can trace back the consumption and participation growth probably to the World Cup here in, in the U.S., that kickstarted also the MLS as a league to a certain extent. And we have seen magnificent growth in terms of, of sports participation. And you can see it every day as you drive around the country and you see all these fields full of kids. The women's team having been so successful over the years has propelled girls to play across the country and it just strengthens and it's a it's a great virtuous circle in terms of women's participations and quality of women's soccer. And you can see the results year over year. And the same is happening with the boys. I would venture to say mothers these days uh, shy away from contact sports such as the American football. And, and that has made soccer as a great choice. On the consumption side, I would split that in two on television and on site. I think more and more people are enjoying going to stadiums. MLS has teams where their fan bases in terms of ticketing don't even overlap between NFL and the MLS, which means that there's a complete separate group and demographics of people that go and watch these games. More and more of these teams have packed stadiums. The experience has been great, which I think it's another one of those examples of how the sport is growing. And from a television standpoint, I think uh, a good nugget of information is that there's more than 30 networks today that air soccer in the U.S. In Univision, soccer is the most important 
product that we have from a sports standpoint. We stood by it. We started that strategy 10 years ago when we launched the network. And as of today, we represent the lion's share of the gross rating points in prime time and even of collective soccer consumption in the U.S. And I think Andrew can complement those with, with hard numbers. Yeah, soccer is pure fuego. That's how I phrase it. We're talking about the best ever ratings for Major League Soccer, for UEFA Champions League, and last season with League MX, which is our core Mexican soccer property, we had a final that outdid all expectations. You ask where soccer is going, we're on an escalator and we're still climbing. We haven't peaked and we're in no way going down. It's incredible what we're seeing. And we're talking about a summer with three big tournaments. The Euro is a gigantic success on Linear and on Prende. We had Gold Cup, which did really well. And Copa America, also a late acquisition for us, also did really well. What's neat in the industry is everybody is building products around soccer. So you've got Paramount Plus with UEFA Champions League. You got ESPN Plus, which is acquiring so much soccer rights. The interest is clearly there. The other thing I would say, Brian, is a good indicator of how a sport is growing is the average age of the people that watch it and the people that participate in it. We have, I think, and Andrew will correct me, I think Judian is probably the youngest sports network out there. And since our launch, we launched in April 7th, 2012. We've had nine consecutive years of being the number one Spanish language sports network in the country. And we carry mostly football, soccer. And I think those two things are a clear example of the strength of the sport. What would you say are the key drivers that are contributing to this momentum? We're a a restaurant, we're a network that's open every day. What I mean is every month of the year on Tudene and Univision Sports, we have a big event. There's 20 sports networks or so. We have soccer all over. During the week, you've got CONCACAF Champions League, so many other leagues, weekends, we've got LMX, UEFA we've added, which attracts a new viewer, a really distinct strategy we've done. Bullock, you want to expand on that one? I, I think, again, our network probably has the highest frequency of tune of most uh, sports networks in the U.S. The way we build our strategy, we started, again, 10 years ago with a very simple strategy, which was let's have the best soccer in prime time. And given the difference in, obviously, time zones in, in the world, the best soccer in prime time for the U.S. was Liga MX and MLS, right? That's that's what we needed to have. So we built on that foundation, which meant having prime time Friday, Saturday, good afternoon Sunday, and then with the cup uh, tournament, having prime time soccer over weekdays. We complemented that. That obviously was a January through May and August through December value proposition, which left the summers a little bit empty. We then complemented that with major summer tournaments, and that led us to to strike a long partnership with CONCACAF. And that meant that we would have the Gold Cup every two years. That meant that we have CONCACAF Champions League, which would fill prime time over weekdays. Uh, And then we went further saying, okay, if we're going to be the home of soccer in the U.S., we need to complement that with for the time slots we currently don't fill which would be uh, daytime. And we went and went ahead and and acquired the rights for Champions League, Europa League, which fills our daytime midweeks. 
And then we went ahead and we said, okay, the only place where we're leaving halls in our schedule throughout the year is the 10 FIFA weeks, that, that the five FIFA dates during the year where there's two games every, we didn't have anything other than the US national team and the Mexican national team. And we went ahead and acquired the national teams of, of Europe. So that basically complemented our portfolio, meaning that for the most part, a soccer fan, a football fan could tune in any single day to our platforms and find a relevant soccer game. Because the key component here is the relevant. So I think we have the most relevant soccer and relevant being the most important word, period. Now everything is on a very positive trend here, and that's great. But Oleg, what concerns do you have? At what point is there too much or maybe it's oversaturated? I think that's literally my concern. My concern is that there is so much offer out there in terms of soccer, as we discussed, that the relevant properties will become even more relevant and the less relevant will fall down, right? And I think it's important for us in the media business to start recognizing where do I want to put my investment, right? And that goes hand in hand with the fact that rights are constantly increasing and you have to choose which are the rights that you're going to bet on. And I think consumption habits are also changing. You have younger generations watching less and less time. And this not only has to do with soccer, but in general, people of younger ages are consuming on their mobile devices. They're consuming nuggets of information. They're sometimes not willing to sit down for a 90 minutes. So you need to be able to serve to your audiences uh, wherever they want to consume and however they want to consume. And I think that's part of what we're doing in terms of unfolding our multi-platform strategy in serving soccer like we did this summer through a AVOT service like Prende, where we put the Euro because we recognized that there was a lot of people that during that those times of the day that is that where it was being played in Europe, they didn't have an access to a television and we had to make it available for them on a streaming basis. And I think those are the two challenges that we're dealing with now is identifying what is the relevant product that we need to put on our platforms and how do we serve it to our people in the best way that they want to consume it. Soccer is arguably the sport with the most passionate fans out there. In fact, to many, it's viewed as a religion. So from your perspective, can you talk about what makes soccer fans so special and how does that translate to what you see in terms of their media consumption habits? I think... You just need to go and attend one of these games to have the feeling of what passion means. Soccer is defined as the beautiful game and it's defined as a beautiful game for a reason. People fall in love with it and falling in love means falling in love with the sport, falling in love with the team and and the people that follow the sport basically have three things that make them move, which is food, religion and sport. You go to the stadium and you live the jersey. And I think that is what makes those fans so passionate, not only during the game, but extensive outside of the gates of the stadium, which means you have an America phone case, you have an America background in your computer, you have a Bayern Munich jersey, your kid is born and the first thing you buy them is a mini soccer kit. All those things speak to the passion that not only happens during those 90 minutes, but happens across the entire element of that game. One of the most interesting things that I've heard people say, and and it's difficult to have empirical proof of this, and I don't know if Andrew can has something, but 
Soccer has become a family sport. It's one of the only sports where families can actually afford to pay five or six tickets on a regular basis. You know also that it will take two hours of your weekend. It's not going walking into a baseball game where you know when you come in, but you don't really know when you come out. It's built around the idea of this being a family consumption event where people tune in for 90 minutes during lunch and everybody around the dinner table is sitting down and watching a game following your country. Those are the things that make soccer different than any other sport. What we're talking about is co-viewing. What we see is that Spanish language viewer watches differently. That's what drove our summer success. You look back 2019, Gold Cup, Copa America, the co-viewing levels were higher this year. We saw watching together as a family for a longer amount of minutes, and that drove the rating. You know, a rating isn't just a number, and it tells a story. And the story is that the family was coming together, and that passion for soccer was displayed every day. We had so much soccer on this summer, every day, and the ratings were nearly an all-time high. Andrew, what's next for TUDN? One thing we're seeing is that non-Hispanics are starting to watch us. And the key reason why is we have exclusive properties on linear TV. Talk about UEFA Champions League as a non-Hispanic viewer. Where are you watching it? You can do Paramount Plus, or you've got Univision, Unimax, Galavision, Tudane, League MX, exclusively on us. Several other properties, CONCACAF Champions League, several others. We are the only home for it. When UEFA Champions League used to be on Fox Deportes and ESPN Deportes, and this was a half decade ago, that non-Hispanic audience was 5%, one of 20 viewers. Now, for our top games, 20% of the audience is non-Hispanic. We're getting a new audience, English-speaking audience, watching our content. It's great to see. And what's neat is it's an exclusive audience. Hispanic, non-Hispanic, it's a sports audience not watching NFL, baseball, basketball, certainly not hockey, auto racing, or golf. Just the Hispanic sports fan is different. That's really what stands out. We're adding viewers. It's just incredible to see the passion among our viewers. That's exactly what I would have said. I think we're doubling down on the growth of soccer in the country. And that means making Tudene as a, as a network even more relevant. We're currently, after the third quarter, the third most important network in the country in primetime, regardless of language, which talks to the strength of the network itself. And I think every time there's a big soccer investment, you'll probably see our name attached to it. I think that's as simple as that. Well, gentlemen, great insight. We appreciate both of you joining us. Thank you so much, Brian pleasure to be on the show. Thanks again to Oleg Lowenstein, President of Sports Content, and Andrew Golding, Vice President of Network Sales Research for joining us. Thank you for downloading Sports Business Journal's SBJ Presents podcast, sponsored by Univision. Univision.